0: The Daily Tap is live for Friday. We are going to recap the first round of the draft. Devontae Watt, Quay Walker, they are Green Bay Packers, no receivers. We will talk about that, and we will talk about why no one believes in the Bucs and why I love it. And that will be the show. Um, so a quick one today. Um, not you know, It's the draft, and it's in the moment, so not a ton. Well, there is a lot to talk about, but... It's not one of those in-depth podcasts today. Uh, Before we get started, you guys know where to find us. Tapping the Keg on Twitter, Tapping the Keg Sports on Instagram, TikTok, as well as Facebook. Uh, you can get all your content there. The reviews, the instant reactions, the conversation. I hope you guys are hanging out with us. And if you're not hanging out with us on social for some reason, hopefully you're subscribed, um, whether it be Apple, whether it be Spotify, whether it be anywhere else you get your podcasts. And if you're not subscribed, um, please do And as well, if you are subscribed, uh, either leave us a rating or a review or share with a friend. Tell them what we have going on here. I think it's a little different than sports radio here locally, and I think you guys will enjoy it. All right, let's talk about the picks. So Green Bay Packers decided to go with defense. The Green Bay Packers decided to basically go away from the receivers. Javon Walker is still... The last first round receiver that the green bay packers have drafted that was now over almost 20 years i think we're heading into 20 years it's 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 fucking crazy it's absolutely absurd right but the green bay packers have had a lot of good fortune in the second and third rounds and we can talk about that later green bay decided to go past wide receivers because yet again This draft saw receivers go quick and fast, and receivers were basically gone by the time Green Bay drafted at 22, and Green Bay decided to not make any sort of move. Green Bay could have got Hollywood Brown, who was traded to the Arizona Cardinals. They decided to opt out on that. That is a classic Packer move because Hollywood Brown is 5'9". They are running a short Kings society there in Arizona with Kyler Murray... Rondale Moore, and Hollywood Brown. They're all really fucking short. And I don't know. I'm just saying Kyler Murray also too is the NFL's version of James Harden. So I don't put anything that Kyler Murray does with a grain of salt, really. And then you had A.J. Brown go to the Philadelphia Eagles and then A.J. Brown immediately got a $57 million guaranteed deal on top of another additional $50 million where it went to a tune of... Twenty or 25 a year for four years. A.J. Brown is not worth that. A.J. Brown is not a number one receiver in my opinion. A.J. Brown is a nice complimentary piece, but I don't think A.J. Brown is a superstar. So more power to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Packers couldn't offer that package. So yes, there will be frustration from some of the pinheads that the Packers did not get a wide receiver. But what I think they're missing is the fact that Green Bay is building an elite defense that is ready to win right now the Packers threw out conventional wisdom and looked at what could give Green Bay the best chance at winning a Super Bowl. And what they found was a linebacker as well as a defensive end who is much older than what Green Bay usually drafts. And the fact of the matter is, is those were both spots to fill. They weren't necessarily Green Bay, you know, loading up on a position they already had. It wasn't like Green Bay drafted a safety, which they definitely could have done. Like they could have drafted Louis Cine and I wouldn't have had a problem with it. I would've been fine or they would have drafted Dax Hill. I also would have been okay with that. But at the same point, they didn't need those guys. Those weren't needs. Those were that would be a loading up. That'd be getting ready for whether you didn't want to give Darnell Savage's fifth year or you did not want to bring Adrian Amos back this year. Like if that that would be the move, right? But instead they filled needs. Chris Barnes, while a solid linebacker, he was just that, he was solid. Chris Barnes was not a star player. Quay Walker could be a star, maybe not immediately, but you could see it as the, as the year goes on, similarly to Eric Stokes, where he has a ton of potential and he could be a dynamic player for the Green Bay Packers. And even if he's like a third down linebacker, right? If he's a guy that's out there just on third down situation and he's a coverage linebacker and sort of playing the you know coverage for the tight ends, but also making sure that a running quarterback doesn't get the first down. If that's what Quay Walker's role is for the first couple games, that's fine. And if he's a dynamo on special teams, great too. The guy runs a 4'5 40, he's 6'4, he's 247 pounds. He is an absolute fucking freak. The Green Bay Packers have not had a freak at inside linebacker, maybe in my entire life. Like, even when Green Bay won the Super Bowl in 96, like, that was Bernardo Harris, right? Like, I guess the only freak guy, if you really, like, he's a freak athlete that they drafted. Well, Rashawn Gary, obviously a freak. I thought Clay Matthews was a freak. Um, You know, Edge is a different animal, so maybe that's a bad example. But yeah, there's no inside linebacker that I'm like oh my god that guy is just an absolute phenom I think a lot of us thought Oren Burks was going to be that guy like Oren Burks had awesome workout numbers like Oren Burks looked like he could be a dude we thought that Oren Burks was going to solve a lot of our linebacker issues four years ago and he didn't he was not good like he just he didn't amount to being the player that we hoped he'd be now on the same token like quay walker is way better than Warren burks all right so and his numbers his combine stuff all better than what Warren burks is so i'm not trying to compare the two more so saying that that's what the packers hoped or we hoped i guess as fans and maybe the packers hoped the same way so yes i think quay walker can contribute i think the fact that packers drafted two guys from georgia the best defense in football last year in the college game and that they also added Eric Stokes, there's something they like about Kirby Smart's defense. Who knows if they are in constant conversation with Kirby Smart, or if that's just Joe Barry looking at schemes and colleges and saying, that's kind of what I want to model our pro style offense on, or defense, excuse me, on. Like if that's something they're looking at with what Georgia's doing, not necessarily to take from Georgia, but necessarily like what could stop Green Bay from being the Georgia of, the NFL, which is a weird thing to say, but I think it makes sense in, in a twisted sort of manner. So then you had Gr- Green Bay draft Devontae Watt. Now Devontae Wyatt or Watt, Wyatt, I want to say Watt. It sounds better, right? Like I say, Devontae Watt, but Devontae Wyatt, um, he was 24 years old. No one thought they were going to draft Devontae Wyatt because they thought that he was too old, that the Packers do not draft old guys. They don't like taking older dudes in the draft. Peter Schrager could easily have dunked on me because Peter Schrager was all over it. He had Wyatt. A few other people had Wyatt as a potential pick for the Packers. And they get Kenny Clark some help. I, for some reason, thought Wyatt was an edge rusher, but he is not. He is an interior guy. He is going to free up Kenny Clark. And that is something that you love to see. And while a lot of us, like Travis Jones, including myself, I think when you compare a guy who played at Connecticut versus a guy who played in Georgia, it it's like apples to salary, right? Like it's just totally different. And you know what you're getting out of Wyatt. He was a second team All-American. Like he did have some off the field stuff, but the Green Bay Packers said they did their due diligence. It sounded like Wyatt just knocked down a door of a significant other. Um, and she called the cops and everything like that. Like, he never hit anybody. He just knocked down a door. I'm not defending him, you know, raging out like that, but I'm also not saying, like, it's it's not that big of a deal, okay? Like, let's not, let's not wring our hands about it. We need to kind of do a little more research here. Knocking down a door, while immature, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's not something that is, you know, violent or anything like that. It's just... Yes, you were probably acting like you were ready to provoke violence, but you you didn't carry through with it, which I think is, is good to see, right? Because that'd be really tough to defend in 2022. But Wyatt can play immediately. Wyatt can be on the field for the Packers in the first game. I don't know if he'll start with Dean Lowry, but he is gonna battle Dean Lowry for a start. And maybe Tyler Lancaster, if he comes back, Probably not. It's looking less and less likely. So you might start out with Wyatt, Lowry, and Kenny Clark. And TJ Shelton is another guy who I think is going to get a chance. So it's probably Shelton and Wyatt that are going to go up against each other in training camp. But Wyatt could easily start for the first game of the season. It would not surprise me one bit if Wyatt's out there because Wyatt is a guy who has been there before. And again, the older age, which is not something the Packers usually do. So why did Green Bay buck the trend? Why did Green Bay say, all right, we're gonna draft a linebacker and we're gonna draft a guy who's old. Why did Green Bay do that? That is a lot of questions that people are gonna ask because Green Bay went against conventional wisdom. And I think the reason is really simple. Green Bay senses they're very close to a Super Bowl. Green Bay knows that they are on the cusp of being a Super Bowl team. They know they need to fill holes. So instead of doing what Green Bay has done, whether it's signing fringe free agents, whether it's getting an undrafted guy that they hope elevates to another level, I do think the undrafted pool is gonna be a lot better than the years past because of COVID. I think you're just gonna knock guys down and more and more guys are gonna be available later in the the draft. But I, I think that's part of the reason why Green Bay looked and said, all right, where do we need to fill positions? We need a little, be a little bit better at linebacker. Devondre Campbell can't do it all himself. Kenny Clark can't do it all himself. So let's get them some help. Basically what Green Bay did today was they got two of their all pro guys some help and made sure that their lives are easier. Both Campbell and Clark are gonna look at this draft and say, we have something going on. Wyatt saying that he modeled his game after Kenny Clark is awesome to hear. And then Kenny Clark calling him right after. He's like, that was the moment of the draft. So Kenny Clark is already like, let's go. Let's get sort of into the in, into the mode and it's beast mode from the start. And I, I will also give Kenny Clark a lot of credit. I feel like he's becoming more of a leader. Um, he's only 24 years old, but Kenny Clark's still a very young dude but he's starting to really show himself, in my opinion, as a leader of the Green Bay Packers. And that's what leaders do. And Aaron Rodgers being completely on board, he didn't take any sort of bait and switch with McAfee. Now McAfee didn't really try to sort of get him to talk bad about the receivers, but Rodgers basically had the draft grades. Rodgers was like, yeah, we had six guys that were graded out in the first round. They all went. We didn't want him. Then Rodgers basically took a dig at the entire receiving class, except for Jamison Williams, and was like, I don't think any of these guys are NFL-ready besides Jamison Williams. And he said there wasn't a Justin Jefferson in this draft, which was really interesting because, remember, Justin Jefferson draft was the draft they drafted with Jordan Love. So I think what – and, in like, everything Aaron Rodgers says has meaning to it, right? There is no Aaron Rodgers comment that doesn't have – a little bit of meaning to what he's saying. And so him mentioning Justin Jefferson, I thought was really interesting because to me what it signaled was that Green Bay talked to Rogers about the draft process, that here's the guys we thinking, we're thinking, we're gonna draft to a wide receiver if available. We're probably not gonna trade up because this draft is deep. We think we can get guys in the second and third round if we need to. If these guys aren't there, we're gonna just pass up and we're gonna be like, all right, we're fine with this. And they also, and Rodgers, I think, probably asked about Justin Jefferson. I really do. I really think that's what happened. I think Rodgers was like, so, like, what was your thought process with Justin Jefferson? And they were like, we love Justin Jefferson, and we just couldn't draft him. Unfortunately, Minnesota beat us to it. They had an offer. They, well, they didn't even have an offer. They, they basically traded Stephon Diggs, and that was it. And and I, maybe that gives Rodgers more peace. I don't know, man. The guy was completely on board with it. He obviously talked about the fact that Green Bay has had a long history of drafting second and third round guys, whether it's James Jones, whether it's Jordy Nelson, whether it's Greg Jennings, whether it's Devontae Adams, they have done it before time and again, and there are a lot of receivers still available. So anyone freaking out about a wide receiver should probably just take a step back, should probably touch some grass and realize that there are guys available, whether it's George Pickens, whether it's Christian Watson, whether it's John Michi, whether it's uh, Romeo Dobbs from Nevada, who's probably more of a third round guy, um, the Khalil Shakir, maybe even a fourth round guy. Like they have wide receivers that are available and they asked Gunacoust on the, 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 the kind of the press conference after, which is natural after the first round, they ask him there they like, hey, are you going to get a receiver? And he's like, I don't know if we need a receiver tomorrow, which was so fucking awesome. Like that was such a great comment from Brian Gunacuse because he basically was like, yeah, I don't know if we're going to need that many that many options at receiver. Who knows? Maybe they're in talks to sign Odell Beckham Jr. Maybe they're having conversations with Julio Jones. I would prefer the former versus the latter, but you, you don't know, right? You don't know exactly what's going on right now. I'm telling you right now, Alex Pierce screams Packer. Like that is a Packer in a nutshell. That is a guy that I could easily see being a member of the Green Bay Packers. They also need some speed. So a guy like Beachy, a guy like George Pickens would make a lot of sense. Do I expect them to draft two wide receivers in the second round? Absolutely fucking not. I would be floored if they draft two receivers in the second round. They're gonna draft one. And then I think they will either look for an offensive lineman or they might even look at more defense and try to continue to build that defense. Maybe it's at the safety position, maybe an edge rusher, Um, you know, some guy who might fall. The edge rushers have not been in favor as much as they've been in years past. It's kind of crazy. I know, you know, Thibodeau and Hutchinson went early as well as uh, Trayvon Walker, but after that, it fell off, right? You did Jermaine Johnson didn't get drafted until 26th. And you had George Kalfaris, I've mispronounced his name the entire day. Like I was on a chat with some friends and I was like, I can't pronounce this guy's name. I hope he doesn't get drafted by the Packers. Like he went at the very end, right? So I, I definitely think that there is less of a love to the edge. Um, Arnold and a The Penn State guy could be an option at 53. Probably not at 59, but at 53 certainly could be an option. And that might be on the table for Green Bay. We don't know. The draft is weird, man. The draft is, I wouldn't say it's, well, it is unpredictable for sure. But you just never know how the chips sort of fall. I think the fact that all those quarterbacks are available, whether it's Malik Willis, whether it's Desmond Ritter, whether it's Matt Corral, The fact that all of them are still there, I think adds an element to that second round because they, who knows, right? At this point now, it's kind of like, fuck it. We could take this guy and see what happens, or they try to move up to try to get them. And maybe a team like the Packers could get more capital. Gunakus talked about trading up and I just wonder what will be, what could be on the table. Somehow a Jordan Love rumor started. I don't know really where, but who knows? Maybe we see Jordan Love traded for a second round pick for the Atlanta Falcons and they get the eighth pick in the second round. If they get the eighth pick in the second round, they're probably gonna get Watson or Pickens. I would be stunned if they didn't, right? I think you'd be able to get it done there. But we'll just have to see. Well, it'll be a long day. I think a lot of fans will get on board with the fact of that Green Bay did the defensive thing I think once people start reading more and understanding what these guys are and understand that Green Bay is in a win now mode, those were moves for win now. Those were not moves for two years down the road. This was what can get us to a Super Bowl. A rangy linebacker and a guy who could help Kenny Clark become not only an all pro, but could become like a potential defensive player of the year. Maybe that's a little intense, but I'm telling you, Kenny Clark is so fucking good. And this frees up Kenny Clark in the best way possible. You could really look at a situation where it's Kenny Clark, it's Shelton, it's Watt, and that's your team, and that's your line. And I think that would be damn good. And I just think the Packers defense is going to be very, very, very hard to score against. I don't think a lot of teams are going to be you know putting up 30 points against this defense. And it's going to be fun to watch. And I think they're going to need a name. I think the Cheese Dogs, I kind of like. I just came up with that on the fly. It's a working title. Nobody take it. But I kind of like the Cheese Dogs, right? It, it is an ode to Georgia uh, with three of those guys on the team. But the dog mentality, uh, you heard that from P.J. Tucker last summer. I think Jair Alexander said they had dog mentality before they got waxed by New Orleans, which was embarrassing. But still, he said they had dog mentality. Um, so yeah, I think there, I think there's something there with the cheese dogs. I like that. I might, might have to bring that in. Might have to uh, work that into stuff. Speaking of dogs, um, so I said on a podcast with Mitch, I said if they draft Devontae Wyatt, I will eat nine hot dogs for nine innings for the Brewers, and say nine beers. I think that's the official challenge, so I'll add nine beers to it. Um, We'll find a time to do it. I'm not going to do it before Mexico. I'm going to Mexico in two weeks. A little programming note. I'm not going to do that and, you know, ruin my Mexico body. Now, granted, I just stuffed my face with a bunch of Korean tonight, so who knows, right? But I'm not going to just be like a complete mess, and at the same time, I want to, you know, obviously film this. I want to kind of go through my thoughts. Um, I feel like an idiot for making this bet. I should have done something like, I don't know, um, I'll donate to, you know, a Packer charity or I'll, I don't know, run run like seven miles in a day or something like that or I don't know. I should have done something more than just I'll eat nine hot dogs because now I have to eat nine hot dogs and I don't really want to eat nine hot dogs. I'll be honest with you. I think one hot dog will be fine. I even think two hot dogs will be fine. It's when you get to that third hot dog is when you're like, fuck this. Like, and you're like, I'm not hungry. Like, basically what you have to do is you can't eat any sides. I am a side whore. Like, I love, like, a little thing like pretzels or, you know, a some potatoes or a not well, potato salad, I guess. If you're doing a hot dog... Like a potato salad, a coleslaw, a pasta salad, uh, baked beans, a uh, sucker for that. Um, I just love having sides. So the fact that I would just have to basically just eat hot dogs with a sauce um, would be tough. And I think I would probably get to three innings where I'd be like, all right, I'm done. I, I, I'm serious. Like, I'm not going to force feed myself till I puke. Like, I, I'm just not going to do that and whatever I don't finish, I'll I can do, I'll donate you for All right, how, how about this? All right, we're gonna set the stipulations right now. I will do the nine, nine and nine with nine beers, um, and I will do it at a time that we'll figure out where we can do, whether it's video, where we can have a bunch of people around. Um, I don't know if I wanna do it at a restaurant because like a restaurant hot dog versus just your normal Oscar Mayer Frank it's a little different. So maybe maybe it's like a private event. I don't know. We'll figure it out. So there's that. So for every hot dog I do not eat, that is $5 to the Riverwest Food Pantry. So if I eat four hot dogs, I would owe five, six, seven, eight, nine. That would be 50 bucks to the Riverwest Food Pantry, which is a great cause. I'd encourage you to donate to it. Um, but yes, that would, so every hot dog I don't eat, at least 5 to the River West Food Pantry. I probably could put down nine beers, uh, but if I wouldn't put down nine beers, um, I would also add an additional 250 for every beer I don't put down, all right? So that that will be the stipulation. For every hot dog I do not put down, the rest of that will go to the River West Food Pantry, and I hope you guys also make donations as well. And maybe we we do a little fundraiser, we have a little fun with this thing, um, and, and find a time where we could all get together or at least live stream it and get it going. I would do it at a restaurant, but the, again, like, I don't know. I'd have to, like, look at their, like, if Broadhouse Broadhouse probably has, like, massive hot dogs, right? By the way, we had Broadhouse on Sunday for the Bucks game, which we're talking about a second here. But, yeah, like, their hot dogs have to be huge. Like, they're not small hot dogs. Like, I'm not saying, like, I want to have, like, cocktail weenies, I'm saying like, I want just a normal hot dog, like not necessarily like a Chicago style, like just a normal Oscar Mayer hot dog. And that's where we'll start with a bun, and a, a, you know, regular white bun, and then that's it. And that's all we do. And we'll see how many I can put down. And whatever I don't put down, I will donate to the Riverrest Food Pantry. So that's the rules. I like it. Um, we'll We'll have more to come there. On the dogs for Devontae, I like that, or the cheese dogs. I don't know. I don't know which one we like better, but I think both work. Um, let me know what you think. Okay, so we will be back tomorrow. Um, we're gonna talk Bucks here, but I just want to call out that we will have a Saturday show. We'll talk about the second and third round for the Green Bay Packers. What to look for for game or for third day. May sneak a little Brewers in there. Um, obviously, Bucks we're going to talk about right now. And so we won't bring back the Bucks unless something else comes up. So, no one believes in the Milwaukee Bucks. Absolutely nobody. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks have weirdly become the nobody believes in us team. I don't know how that happened. Um, I'm kind of puzzled at it, to be honest. Uh, but it, it's a thing. Um, no one really thinks the Bucks have a chance against the Boston Celtics. AKA one of the best defenses to ever exist. People are treating the Boston Celtics like they are the fucking reincarnation of Christ. I think it's ridiculous. Um, I think it's something that people are just trying too hard with. I think they want Boston to be this some sort of deity. They want them to be the next great franchise. And I just, I don't see it. I know Mitch and I talked a lot about it yesterday, so I don't want to repeat that. But like, Who's going to stop Giannis Antetokounmpo on this team? Do you really think it's going to be Al Horford? Do you really think it's going to be Robert Williams? Like, Robert Williams is a good defender, but Robert Robert Williams is a Jaron Jackson-level hack. Like, Robert Williams, if he guards Giannis, he's going to have two fouls in the first 10 minutes. And then you're going to be screwed the rest of the way. You're going to be in foul trouble with Williams all throughout that game. And I think the the Bucs are going to hunt Robert Williams in that sense. They're going to foul hunt. They're not necessarily going to... Try to challenge him too. They're going to challenge him, but they're not not in the sense of they're going to go right at him or they're going to bring him out. They're going to make sure that Robert Williams gets his fouls. I guarantee you. But they they have a choice where they're going to either, they could go big. They can't really go big. They have no choice, actually. Take that back. It has to be Horford and Williams in the middle. And then you have Brown, Tatum, and Smart. And that's it. You can't go big with Tice. Like if you're if you're trying to fight fire with fire, if the Bucks big guys, it would be having Tice, Horford and Williams out of the court at the same time, but then that means either Brown, Tatum, or Smart is not on the court. I doubt that that's what something Boston wants to do. So then who guards Bobby Portis in that that lineup? Does anyone know? Like who, Bobby Portis has shown time and again, if he gets a good matchup against a guy, he's going to take advantage of it. So who is actually going to guard Bobby Portis? Is it gonna be Jalen Brown? Well, that's a size disadvantage. Is it going to be Al Horford? Not a size disadvantage, but Bobby can certainly run him up and down the court. It's gonna be Robert Williams. Well, Robert Williams, again, like we said, loves the foul dudes. I don't really see Robert Williams a lot outside of the paint. And if you bring Robert Williams outside of the paint for Bobby's threes, that's gonna be a problem, all right? The other thing I haven't seen enough of is the coaching matchup. Emi doke is a good coach, right? Like, I think Emi I I would have probably had him as coach of the year, honestly. I don't have a vote because, you know, whatever. But the fact is, is like, I would have gave Emi Doke the number one for coach of the year. So said number two, probably Taylor Jenkins, and number three, Monty Williams. That would have been my order, probably, if I had to think of it. Eh. Yeah, because I want to give it to Billy Donovan, um, would not give it to to give it to Willie Green, even though I thought what Willie Green did was impressive. I got into a big debate about Mitch, about the New Orleans Pelicans, which was interesting to say the least. Um, Chris Finch, maybe, but not to the level of those three guys. And I think what Odoka did was incredible. Uh, this team looked like they were headed to the doldrums. They were ready for Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum trades. Um, and it didn't happen and they all stay together, and they were all really good. They did ship out some of their dudes. They got Derek White. But Emi Udoke is a great coach, but he has never faced a guy like Mike Boudos in the playoffs. This is his first real playoff matchup against a seasoned coach. Also, they run similar shit. They both come from the Spurs system. He's going to know a lot of the stuff that MA is doing, whether it's defensively or offensively, and they have a lot of time to study it. I expect the Bucks to come out with a punch in game one. I would be surprised if the Bucs do their usual game one vanilla bullshit. I think the Bucs wanna set a tone. I think the Bucs wanna set a message that they are the best team in basketball and that they are the defending champs for a reason. And they're gonna need guys to play well. Don't get me wrong. Like I I don't think it's just Giannis and everybody else. Like that's impossible against this team. You're gonna need role players or Drew Holiday to continue to step up. And it's not gonna be something where it's just Giannis. And that's not going to win you basketball games against this team. They are talented, but I think they're getting overinflated because, A, they're from Boston. There's a lot of media members from Boston. They are a very, very public team. And then, B, they beat Brooklyn. And Brooklyn is the public, the most public team right now. And they have the most hype around them. I think even more than the Lakers. Just because of the Kyrie stuff and Kevin Durant talking on Twitter and also, they're bullshit. I would say if you had to go top public teams, it would probably be the Nets, the Lakers, and then the Warriors. Maybe that order. I could maybe go Warriors, then Nets. Or, I'm sorry, Warriors, then Lakers. Um, but, yeah. Uh, in terms of public teams, those those are what they are. And Boston just swept that team. So, of course, the hype is going to be over the top. I just hope the Bucs are hearing all of it. I hope they're internalizing all of it. And I hope that they are ready to sort of deliver a message to this Boston Celtics team because it doesn't seem like anybody is believing in this Bucks squad. All right, that will do it for the podcast. Back tomorrow, we'll talk second round, third round. We'll also chat a little bit about the Brewers maybe if there's anything worth talking about. I didn't think the Brewers sweep was worth uh, worth a ton of mention against the Pirates. It was a nice ninth inning comeback, but not one where we had to talk about it for five or ten minutes. All right, guys, take care of yourself. Have a great Friday. Enjoy the draft tonight. We'll be back on tomorrow. All right, see you. Bye.